0: What's up guys? Welcome back to the John Summer Challenge. Today is July 24th and we're in John chapter 14 verses 7 through 31, finishing John chapter 14. Now in our passage today we continue to look at Jesus's farewell address. His disciples are greatly troubled as Jesus is telling them of his coming death. But Jesus gives them this farewell address in order to help them understand what is truly about to happen. In the midst of this intense and troubling time, we see Christ as the sure and steady anchor. He urges his disciples and us today to hold on to him his sure promises, his sure peace, and his sure purpose. Let's look at these three points today really quickly. Number one, the promises of Christ are sure. In verses 7 through 26, the promises of Christ are sure. In yesterday's passage, we began to see some of these promises that he has prepared a place for us, and that place is heaven. And so even in this dark and sinful world, we can have hope, true believers can have hope, that one day we will be with Christ forever. Jesus continues to comfort his disciples with even more promises that will keep them as that will help them as they are greatly troubled by Jesus' coming death. And these promises help us today as we seek to honor Christ with our lives even in the midst of troubling times, even in the midst of trials and temptations, we can hold on to the sure and steady anchor that is Christ. There is one common an important promise and reality found in verses 7-26. through It is the presence of God with every true believer in Christ. This is surely a comforting promise for every believer living in this fallen and sinful world. The good news is, as believers, we don't have to live this life on our own. We don't have to endure trials on our own. We don't have to battle with sin on our own. In fact, true believers understand one very important reality that we can do nothing on our own. We need God to work through us, to help us, to intercede for us, to overcome our weaknesses and somehow still use us for his glory, even though we're such weak vessels. And so first, Jesus affirms his deity and that he is God by saying in verse 11, believe me that I am in the father and the father is in me. And then he says in verse 12, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to the father. You know what this is teaching us? Jesus is talking about how his followers will be empowered to spread the gospel throughout the world once he goes back to the right hand of his Father. Because when he does this, then he would send the Holy Spirit to indwell believers, and it is the Holy Spirit who is our helper. That's why Jesus goes on to explain in verses 16 through 17, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper, that he may be with you forever, that is, the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. And verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He's comforting his disciples and us today with this great promise. He's saying, listen, I need to go, but it's okay because when I return to my Father, I will send the Holy Spirit to indwell you and he will become your helper. The Spirit helps us to grow in Christ. He leads us through all circumstances, even through those dark and troubling times in life if we would just humbly depend on him and allow him to work through us. It is only with the Holy Spirit that we can have the sure promise that Jesus gives in verses 13 through 14. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. True believers can pray at any time in Jesus' name. Have you ever wondered why we always say, in Jesus' name, at the end of our prayers? Maybe you do it too, without actually knowing the meaning of it. Well, it has a few purposes. First, to pray in Jesus' name, means that we want to make our prayers consistent with God's will and His purposes. This is what's modeled in Matthew 6, verse 10 your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. By saying in Jesus name, we're basically saying, Lord, here's my request. And I want you to answer it, not how I would like you to answer it, but according to your perfect will, your perfect plan, the plan that will bring you the most glory. And that's the second reason and perhaps the most important meaning of saying in Jesus name we're acknowledging the fact that we want God to be glorified by however our prayers are answered we're expressing our desire not for God to answer our prayers in a way that would result in us being glorified but in a way that would result in him receiving the most honor and glory we're saying Lord here's our request Now do whatever you need to do to bring you the most glory. Answer it however you must in order to bring yourself the most glory. And lastly, we pray in Jesus' name as an acknowledgement acknowledgement of our complete dependence on Him, that we need Him to supply all of our needs. This is surely a comforting promise for Jesus' disciples and for us today, that true believers are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And thus, we can pray to him and know that we don't have to live this life on our own. In fact, we know that we can't. So we depend on God to work through us, to lead us, to supply all our needs until he takes us home with him. We also trust that number two, the peace of Christ is sure. In verse 27, we saw the promises of Christ are sure. And now number two, the peace of Christ is sure. In verse 27, let me ask you, do you long for peace in your life? True peace? One Greek lexicon defines peace biblically like this. It is the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Jesus says in verse 27, peace I leave with you. True peace comes only from faith in Christ. It is only when you are at peace with God first that you will experience any peace in any other areas of your life. Without Christ, you are at war with God. You are one-on-one going against the God of the universe. How could you possibly sleep at night, have any peace, knowing that this God is about to pour out his wrath on you for your sin, as you rightly deserve? No, the first thing that you need is peace with God. And the only way that you can have this peace with God is if you trust and believe in his son. If you give your life to Jesus Christ, turn away from your sins, believe in his death and resurrection, then you will find peace, true peace, after being reconciled to God, peace for your soul. And once you have peace with God, then you can find peace in all other areas of your life but not until you have peace with God. And so, peace in life only comes once you have peace with God. Then he goes on to say, My peace I give to you. This is peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, which the Holy Spirit imparts to us. In the midst of trials and temptations, we turn our eyes upon Jesus and find peace. Peace. This is in direct contrast to what we find when we turn to the world. That's why Jesus goes on to say, not as the world gives, do I give to you. If you look to the things of this world for peace, you will always be left empty handed, no true peace at all. You may be offered temporary peace in this world, but it will always be there one second and gone the next, always leaving you searching for more until the world completely enslaves you and leaves you for dead. No, search for the peace of Christ, the only true peace that will ease your souls. Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Instead, pursue the peace of Christ. During your trials and temptations, look nowhere else. Run to the Prince of Peace by believing in the Gospel of Peace, and your soul will find rest. Lastly, number three, we've looked at the promise of peace, or the promise of Christ is sure. The peace of Christ is sure. And now, number three, the purpose of Christ Is sure in verses 28 through 31 now surely the disciples in their agony are wondering why why must you go Jesus what is the purpose why will Christ willingly die his purpose is always the same it is to glorify his father look at how he glorifies him with these final verses in our passage Verse 28, You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. Always that purpose, right? I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming and he has nothing in me. But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me, get up, let us go from here. I love that. If If you share this same purpose, then your soul will be comforted as well. Trust in the sure and steady anchor that is Jesus Christ. His promises are sure, his peace is sure, and his purpose is sure. Have you ever heard that song? Christ, the sure and steady anchor. It's a modern hymn, and it goes like this. Christ, the sure and steady anchor, in the fury of the storm, when the winds of doubt blow through me and my sails have all been torn, in the suffering, in the sorrow, when my sinking hopes are few, I will hold fast to the anchor, Jesus Christ it shall never be removed. Christ, the sure and steady anchor, while the tempest rages on, when temptation claims the battle, and it seems the night has won, deeper still then goes the anchor, though I justly stand accused, I will hold fast to the anchor, it shall never be removed. Christ, the sure and steady anchor, through the floods of unbelief, hopeless somehow, Oh my soul now, lift your eyes to Calvary. Telling your own soul in the midst of trouble, Lift your eyes to Calvary, to Jesus. This my ballast of assurance, See his love forever proved. So I will hold fast to the anchor, It shall never be removed. Christ the sure and steady anchor, as we face the wave of death, when these trials give way to glory, as we draw our final breath, we will cross that great horizon, clouds behind and life secure, and the calm will be the better for the storms that we endure. Christ, the shore of our salvation, ever faithful, ever true, We will hold fast to that anchor, it shall never be removed. Christ is the sure and steady anchor that we must hold on to during these low points in our lives as the disciples are uh, troubled because Christ is going to leave them and they're in this distress, they're in this agony. So also when we're in distress, in agony, in, in difficult times in our lives, in trials and temptations, and we need this sure and steady anchor, lift your eyes upon Jesus and find rest, find peace, find comfort for your soul. But it only comes when you give your life to Christ. Have you done this? If so, then be comforted by Christ, the sure and steady anchor, okay? That's it for today's devotional. I've got three questions for you. Number one, who helps and leads believers in life? And how? Number two, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? And number three, write down, and continue memorizing John 14, verse 6, like we learned about yesterday, right? Submit your answers to those questions, and you'll be done with day 24 of the John Summer Challenge. I'll see you tomorrow for day 25, but after you finish today, then you will only have one week left of the John Summer Challenge. You're doing great. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.